And we're live. <gasps> Welcome to The Process of Things, Does Stuff Work? Season two. Season two. This season, we're talking about awkward, difficult, and uncomfortable conversations. Will it be awkward, difficult, and uncomfortable? Yes. No, it won't. Well, not for us, <laughs> but for the people that have to have the conversations, yes. it can be. Yes. These are for those conversations where you're squirming at your desk and you really, really don't want to talk to Peter. Oh, poor Peter. Or Polly at home. You really don't want to talk to Polly, your best friend or your spouse or your partner. This is really for anything. Yeah. Welcome to the process of things. Does stuff work? Um, this is episode one, giving critical feedback. So how you have to ha tell someone that what they did was sort of crap. Oh, yuck. The worst, right? It is the worst. Especially when you like love the person. I'm not talking about like your spouse, but mm -hmm. you have like a favorite employee that mm -hmm. is amazing and you love everything they do and suddenly mm -hmm. something they've done is total garbage mm -hmm. and it becomes so hard to say. I have a theory on why it's so hard for people today, especially. Oh, it's based on today. And I'm going to sound like that crotchety old lady that shakes her fist, you know, get off my lawn. <laughs> it's social media. Social media? Yes, Twitter specifically. Also now Facebook. Because I took three weeks off, yeah. my self-imposed hiatus, and I had to come back on because there's just too much happening in the world, and I was trying to look up some information. Need to know. Need to know. People are angry. Oh, yeah. And they have no trouble giving people feedback when they don't have to see them face to face. Oh. So I think people have gotten into the habit of saying what they need to say, even to people they know. If you look at Facebook, people say things on Facebook that they would never in a million years say to someone's face. Or they would, um, they would add all the necessary language around it to make Body it. Body language, smiles, you know, tone, all those things. And For they sure. have gotten way out of practice. That is my theory. We'll see if it comes up during well, our conversation today. Let's figure it out. I'm Nicole North. And I'm Ruth Henderson. And we're your host today. Welcome to the process of things where we take current business trends and buzzwords and let you know whether they actually work or not. So on today's episode, episode one, giving critical feedback, um, we're going to talk about why it's so hard to do, how to practice having difficult conversations, why it's important important it's important that we have these conversations <laughs> we're not on the bachelorette right now <laughs> you must say important super important um <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about when we've done it we'll give you our anecdotal stories of my favorite awkward conversations mm -mm -mm. <laughs> it's like that podcast i really love my favorite murder it's my favorite awkward conversation yeah, we'll change the title um uh -huh. we'll give you a little tool to help um help you give feedback in a, and I'm works. tapping the table, a regimented way. It does work. It totally works. Totally works. Um, and then we'll tell you about what we're going to talk about next. And we'd love to hear from you guys. What are your awkward conversations? What mm -hmm. are those conversations that you um, are dreading having? Um, and we can address those. So make sure that you tweet us at whiteboardcons um, or find us on Facebook at Whiteboard Consulting. Mm-hmm. So let's start. Why is it hard? It's so hard. Adulting is hard. Adulting is hard because many of us, not all of us, would rather 
just avoid it altogether and either hope that the problem goes away or gets better or that someone else deals with it. What's stopping us from actually having the conversation, though? What is the big deal? Uh, I, think, I, I think there's a couple things. Number one thing that's stopping is that people don't know how. And they don't know how to approach it. They just don't know how to say it. Um, and because they don't know how, they're afraid. And the fear is, would be my number two, which either stems from number one, not knowing how, or they do know how, but they're just afraid. They don't want to offend someone, or they've gotten in trouble before. There it is. Right? That is to me, is the number one thing. Yeah. Because, you know, we all take risks in our jobs, in our lives. It's not such a big deal to say something to someone. But the whole thing holding us back is we are so worried about what they're going to say. Are they going to be defensive and give me the yeah, but? Yeah. Yeah, but or you. Mad. Yeah, but this. Yeah, but that. Be mad. Mm -hmm. Cry. Yeah, Cry is terrible. Or... In my case, I'm a terrible debater because I can't think on my feet. I don't have those arguments. So if they came back at me and said, this, 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 I would just go, okay. Right? <laughs> so this tool that we're going to talk about today is helpful because it doesn't need any of those things. It doesn't need any arguments. Yeah. And when you have a tool, you can be more calm mm -hmm. and relaxed. Mm -hmm. um, I do think it's fear, though. I think it's fear of a number of things. Doing it wrong, upsetting someone. I mean, in today's day and age, getting accused of being harassing or micromanaging or not managing enough, fear is that root, root, root cause. 100%. I'm with you. So how can we practice? How can we be better at doing this? Well, it's easy to say that people should just try it, right? It's easy to say that. Mm. Go ahead and try bungee jumping. <laughs> You'll be fine. They know what they're doing. You'll, you won't snap your neck open. But that first step is a big one. Yeah. I think that um, learning to give the teeny tiny feedback and critical feedback first can help you before you have to give the big feedback. Mm -hmm. And my big tip for a little tiny feedback is can I tell you something? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Why, why does that work for you? What's so great about can oh. I tell you something? Well, I think... When done repeatedly over time, it becomes, I'm snapping my fingers. I like it. Very jazzy. It becomes uh, something that's normalized. Um, can I tell you something? Uh, you know, I noticed on the report there was a few grammatical errors and spelling errors. Mm -hmm. What can we do to do, you know, to, to fix that? Mm -hmm. You know, and the first time it might be a little bit awkward and feel a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but the 10th time you do it, hey, can I tell you something? The margins are a bit off. So why not just say the margins are a bit off? Hey, Nicole, this report, the margins are a bit off. I think it catches people off guard. Mm. So here I am, like I just prepared this big report for you, and the first effing thing you say to me <laughs> is the margins are off. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, and I don't like the yeah. sandwich method. I don't like the, this oh. report is really great. But the margins are off. You know, I don't like that either. The kiss with the kick is so old. It is old school thinking that we needed to soften the blow for people, that we needed to yeah. pump them up and then deliver the message and then pump them up again so that they know we still love them. And the message is lost. So that is, people, if you're listening to this, well, obviously you are, put that away. The no, kiss with Ore the kick, no Oreo cookie no method. No Oreo cookie method. It doesn't work. It sucks. Yeah, and it just makes people feel badly that you're and that you're lying to them. 
and they don't know which message to believe. Am I great or is my report bad? They don't know. They, they probably hear what they want to yeah. hear. Yeah. And what they want to hear is my report is great and my manager is a nitpicky loser mm-hmm. because the only thing they could find wrong with it was the margins. Mm-hmm. My manager isn't even smart enough. So that's how sometimes I, um, I used to feel guilty when someone used to give me like a slide deck or, you know, a PowerPoint presentation or a document, a briefing note, whatever. And that all I could find wrong with it were spelling mistakes and yeah. grammatical error, errors and I would wordsmith it. And it was kind of like, yeah, it's kind of lame. It's like, wow, you had to make some corrections because you're the big boss. You know, and all you could find was some nominal I have nonsense. a terrible story about doing just that. I was director and <laughs> someone brought me a PowerPoint presentation and I just circled stuff in red and sent it back. Uh, redo this. I did think you, I wrote Did in you red. pull out the red pen just for your I, I don't know for your why. marking? I, yes, I did. <laughs> I was just marking it. And he referred to it as blood on the page. Ooh. Yeah. He said, thanks for this, blood on the page. And I felt sick about it because I didn't, I didn't have time, quite frankly. I was not afraid of giving him feedback, but I didn't have time. And I was just like, no, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. I took no time to explain why margins and spelling are particularly important in this instant. Uh, no time to explain how the message is lost if the details aren't there, especially if it's particular audiences. The higher you go, the more you need to. You're missing the impact. Prepared. Totally. So I just, blood on the page, I was being very logical, had no idea what my message would sound like, and I never forgot it. Years later, he pulled that thing out of his desk and showed me, and I was horrified. I could have crawled into a hole. Because this method of giving feedback, which I thought was logical and direct, was absolutely rude. Yeah. And no excuse. And I mean, if we're like, when you've got the time, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think this is going to be the big, this is what I hear from managers that we train all the time. You know, I love your notions on, you know, your sweet little ideas on giving feedback and coaching and really getting people to self-discover. But the fact of the matter is, I don't have time for this. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. to deliver. I have to get things done. Mm-hmm. And while I appreciate that it's really nice to coach someone, I really only have time to tell them what's wrong and need to get them to fix it so I can so move that, it up can the line. Can I tell you something? How is that nice? How is people could say, "Can I tell you something?" You know, and so tone is important. But how does "Can I tell you something?" set the conversation off on the nice and potentially quick method of of providing feedback so for me can i tell you something causes like a a a break um in my brain pattern um you you and i use it together all the time so Mm -hmm. when i hear can i tell you something my brain immediately clears i know that you're going to give me some kind of feedback and it might be um, positive feedback it might be uh, critical feedback it might just be whatever mm-hmm. um, but I stop my brain I stop scrolling my phone yeah. I stop reading my email I stop thinking about the next thing on the page and I look up and then you give me the feedback yeah it causes and my head to actually snap up yes. from what I'm doing and look at you not in fear but in I need to listen yes mm-hmm. and I feel like that makes all the difference mm-hmm. 
Mind you, not in fear because we have a trusting relationship. I imagine if yeah. you had a terrible relationship with someone, you might be <laughs> you might be afraid yeah. when Attila the Hun comes along and says, Nicole, can I tell you something? <laughs> <laughs> That's my Attila the Hun impersonation. I'd love to know how that <laughs> sounded on the recording. On the recording. Later. We'll edit it out. <laughs> no, we won't. Because um. <laughs> we don't know how to edit. No, we don't. Um yeah, I, I just, it's just an amazing tool. And you just, you know, if can I tell you something sounds too formal, um, you find the language that mm-hmm. works for you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're particular on your manners, may I tell you something? May I offer you some feedback? May Do you remember when they first started talking about yeah. this? They said, may I offer you some feedback? And I still think that one's great too. It works for some people. Other people think it sounds, they don't use the word may I ever or the phrase. So it doesn't need to work for everyone. You find your words that just ask the question. Ask for permission yeah. to give you feedback. And I think that just, as we always say, sets the shoulders, mm-hmm. says, okay, I'm about to hear something. Mm-hmm. And it's kind. Like, you know, may I tell you something? Can I give you some feedback? Whatever, however you decide to phrase it, it it's, it's kind. And it's saying, here... I'm giving you the opportunity to say no because if I am... Well, what happens if they do say no? They do say no. I remember I had um, a staff uh, working for me and we'd just come out of a presentation and I was practicing on, you know, coaching on the fly, giving feedback always, all the time, you know, trying to do it in the moment. And we came out of a presentation that went terrible and I went into, you know, can I tell you something? And she looked at me and she's like, no. Not today. Not right now. I know, I, I know what you're going to say, and I'm too fussed about it, yeah. so can we talk tomorrow? And I said, absolutely. Yep. And I just let it be. Well, it's like the change curve. If you're upset or angry and someone tries to give you information in that moment, you can't hear it. I actually, just as you know, I just read Hillary Clinton's new book. Yes. And in it, she talks about how, uh, in hindsight... She was trying to give people information on her policies during the campaign when they were angry and wanted to vent and have her hear them vent. I couldn't believe it. It was like our course material. She said people, particularly in the South or in the Rust Belt, were so angry about so many things, and she kept going down there and saying, here's what I'm going to do, and they could care less. They just wanted her to be angry, too. Mm. And I think that's when you say, can I tell you, if she had asked them, can I tell you something? They would have said, no, just listen to us. Shut up. (laughs) Right? So if you say, can I tell you something, you need to give them feedback. And they say no, as if you're their manager or partner or whatever, you can say, okay, we do need to talk about it. Let's do it tomorrow. You have to catch up on it. And that's why if to layer on to what our very first tool is, Mm -hmm. right? Our very first tool is, can I tell you something? Mm -hmm. If I'm going to layer on to that, if I have a little bit more time mm-hmm. or I am really invested in getting a really strong output from this conversation, I'm going to start the conversation with how did it go for you, mm-hmm. right? So that can go for anything. You just came out of a presentation. How did it go? Mm-hmm. How did it feel for you? Just came out of a meeting. How did that meeting feel for you? You just wrote a report. How did this report yeah. What grade, was the process? Grade yourself on this report. Yeah. I love that from our friends at Better Next. Yep. Um, and they taught us to ask somebody, give yourself a, a ranking between one and 10 on what you think the quality is of this report that you gave me. 
And unless somebody says 10 right off the bat, which is a different conversation in another <laughs> podcast. I'm awesome. I'm so fantastic. But they never do. They might say eight or seven. And in your head, you're like, it's a one or a two. But it doesn't matter because the next question is, okay, what stopped you from giving yourself a 10? Yeah. And or what would you, if I could send you back now with another two yeah. weeks to do this, what would you do to make it a 10? And nine, nine times, times out of 10, ten, they will tell you exactly the right things yeah. that they want to hear. Oh, yeah. well, I could have spent a little bit more time um, mm -hmm. wordsmithing, yeah. checking the margins, checking spelling, and if checking it's not the your details. first conversation with them, they are likely going to say, I knew you would pick up on that. It's this, this, and this. And you can nod and you can say, those are all good things. Um, can I just add a couple more, right? Yeah. Asking again for permission. It sounds so, you know, kumbaya-ish to say, can I just tell you some more rather than just telling them some more? But again, yeah. it, they're going to hear you more if you ask for that permission. Yeah. Those are all great reasons that you didn't give yourself a 10. Can I just add a couple more? They'll, you'll say, well, sure. And I'll add two and then say, come on back and, and then let's talk about it when it's a, a nine. Yeah. So I think that's the ideal conversation, right? So you've got one minute. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you something? This report needs some um, editing and wordsmithing and uh, attention to detail. Yeah. Please go back and do that. Yeah. It's directive. It's stern. You know, it's not, you know, the best way to do it, mm -hmm. but you've got one minute to give yeah. feedback. That's how you should do it. Yeah. Can I tell you something? Yes. Yeah. Level two. Level two. <laughs> Level two is. Can I tell you something? Well, I would start with yeah. how oh. did it go? Mm -hmm. How did oh, this. Yeah. How did this work? How did you find writing this report? Or how would you rate yourself on this report? Any mm -hmm. variant of those, depending on the scenario. And then if they don't tell you what you were looking for, now you can go in with, mm -hmm. can I tell you something? Or can, mm -hmm. I add, can I add something to that feedback? I agree with those things that you could change. Yeah. And can I add the following? Yeah, especially for, like, the report is a little easier when you say rank yourself from a 1 to a 10. But if you say to somebody, they just did a presentation, how did that go? I think it went great. And you're like, no, it didn't. Yeah. And that's when you say, can I tell you something? 100%. I actually saw people fidgeting and looking at their watches and whispering and confused by what you said in the, in the middle. Let's, let's talk about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then level three, mm -hmm. you actually tell them what the impact. Mm-hmm of that situation is. Mm -hmm. So that's when we, uh, we use a tool called ASBI. Um, it's actually a, a tool from an, oh, an <laughs> from I know a, what you're going to say. I know it's for a tool from a book called giving feedback to subordinates. I don't even like saying that on the air. I, I, know. I think that's the most, if I meet the author, I will say, <laughs> can I tell you something? <laughs> I find this title offensive. <laughs> I know it's a good book. It the is a good book. It's, so it's quite. It, I think they gave it to new managers um, in the Ontario Public Service in the government here. Yeah, in it's, Canada, it's very. The it's just ooh, the title's just terrible to say subordinates. <laughs> giving it, feedback to subordinates. A, However, we, we shouldn't call people subordinates, and it doesn't just work for subordinates. No, it works for everybody. Yeah. Um, in any case, tell I, us about ASBE. I will tell you about ASBE. So ASBE is Ask Situation Behavior and Impact. So it Im embeds some of the things that we've already talked about. Ask the question, can I tell you something? Can I offer you some feedback? Whatever that might be. Um, describe uh, the situation that you observed. Um, so you're giving them some context. So, um, you know, can I talk to you about something? Yeah, sure, what's up? 
Um, now I'm going to describe the situation. Do you recall the meeting we were in yesterday, last week? Yes. Now you describe the behavior that you observed. Um, in that meeting, I noticed that you said, um, often. Um, um. um. <laughs> and the impact, right? So you just describe the behavior. And the impact was, I think it um, impacts your credibility with the client or with the audience. Audience. Mm -hmm. uh, when you say, um, it makes it seem like you aren't confident in your words or you're not well prepared and that impacts your audience. And then, um, I, w I wish you could see us, uh, Ruth yeah. would look like look she was locking up your lips yeah. and that's turning, when you stay quiet. Um, I think sometimes the tendency when people give feedback and have to have difficult and uncomfortable conversations is they start to blather on. Mm-hmm. You know, so they'll say, oh, and you know, when that person said that and this person said this, and then they start going into all kinds of other things. And just like the sandwich and the kick with a kiss, the message gets lost. Yeah. So for me, Asby has to be eloquent, quick, short, concise. And be quiet. And then be quiet. Do you quiet. remember that I, I talked about this um, uh, scenario in the last season and I was talking about a boss who I asked for feedback and he didn't want to give me feedback but he finally said you know in meetings when you think something's a bad idea we can see it on your face and he should have just been quiet and instead the, the like three seconds later he said but don't change because we think it's really refreshing because he was so upset about having to give me feedback and what my reaction might be. So then you're confused. Am I to make the face or not? I you know. told me that my feedback was that I'm making faces. Yeah. And then in the same breath, you said, but it's okay. Yeah. So can I tell you something? Yesterday in the meeting with our client, I noticed you said, um, a number of times. Yeah. Remember here, you're not going to want to say you always say, um, you said, um, like a billion times. You have to be specific. Right. So just say, I noticed you said, um, often. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, that person might come back and say how often, and you know, you might say, well, I did take out a little scratch pad and I just ticked mm -hmm. them off. Ruth used to do that. I did use when to we were that. in presentations and it was amazing. And then don't forget the most important part. And this is the part that makes people Ooh, uh, for some reason, this is the hardest part of ASBE is to say what the impact was. Yeah. And the impact is that the client might not see us as credible as we are when you say, um, that zip it. Yeah. Zip it. Zip and you know, it. that tool is so helpful building off the, can I tell you something with using your prior example with a report or with that blood on the page, you know, horrible episode of mine. What if I had bothered to use ASBE and said, you know what, can I tell you something? Yes, ask, situation. This presentation is going to go to the president. Um, situation, um, behavior. I've noticed there's a ton of inconsistencies, and in this case there were a ton, there were like 10 or 12 inconsistencies um, throughout the proposal or throughout the presentation. When this goes to someone at that level, it impacts the credibility of our team and our ability to uh, make changes as we go forward. Zip it, quiet. Listen to him and what he has to say so that I can explain why these changes are not just me being nitpicky because I like 
you know, Arial font instead of Times New Roman. It's not about that. It's about consistency and a look and there's a reason for it. And it's just so much easier to hear that. I mean, the the one time I, uh, the first time I got critical feedback after seven years um, in my working career mm-hmm. and I had been begging for feedback and all I ever got was, you're great, don't change, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Um, the one time someone had the cojones to tell me uh, and give me some critical feedback was actually on that very thing. It was on being uh, precise and consistent and diligent about the content I was putting into working materials. And the great part about it was that manager said to me, the impact is that it makes you look less credible. She said, if you don't spell the branch name out right, if you don't have your acronyms absolutely correct, the great work that you've done that you've done suddenly seems like, ooh, I don't know if we should trust the rest of what's in here if they if she can't even get this acronym right. Yeah. And I remember just being flabbergasted and going, obviously. Yeah. I worked But with I it. no one had ever described it to me like that, right? To me it was just like, well, <laughs> You know what I mean. Yeah. You know that I'm just smart. Just clean you, it up. Just, Make it detailed. Right? Like, you know you know that I I just didn't get the branch name and that that's just not what I meant. Yeah. But that impact hit home so hard. Yeah, and that doesn't work for you when the branch name, if somebody just tells you the details, go fix the details. That does not work for you. No, the impact is what made all the difference yeah. in that conversation. There, I worked with a client who... Um, Uh, recently was really struggling with how to give some feedback to an employee on her team who was using a new work-from-home policy. And so there was a meeting that came up, and she was trying to get a hold of him, and he was nowhere to be found. She was so angry, and she was telling me about this during one of our meetings, and... um, I said, so what are you going to say? Oh, I don't want to say anything. He's, uh, he's so hard to talk to. It's going to be so difficult, et cetera, et cetera. And we practiced using, using ASBE and her actually saying, can I tell you something? Well, sure. Um, yesterday, when you worked from home, I tried to call you at 10 o'clock, 10.15, and 10.30, and you weren't available. The impact of that was that I did not have the critical information I needed when I had a call an emergency call from the president that came up, and I did not have what I needed. Be quiet, right? Don't say anything, and he was devastated. It turns out that he'd gone for a run. He was working from home. He was getting his work done on his own time, but he had neglected the policies that say you need to be available in these you know, these core hours, or if you're going to go do whatever, fine, you have to let me know, or you have to answer your phone, or whatever it was. He was ignoring those policies and didn't realize the impact. When she explained that, it never happened again. Yeah, because you think sometimes when those policies are in place, it's just for control or to micromanage. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not really about that. It's just about getting the work done. And when someone can yeah. describe the impact, instead of just saying, you weren't available when I called, which makes it seem like yeah. I'm just on your butt. Mm-hmm when you realize, oh, it's because you had an urgent call and I wasn't there. And if I had just let you know, perhaps you could have yeah. done something differently. And it's, do you remember our client who um, was using it because of incivility at work? Mm-hmm. And um, they had a couple of people who were 
feeling very uncomfortable in team environments because other people were rolling their eyes and they didn't know how to address it. And this had nothing to do with giving critical feedback with respect to the quality of work, but it had to do with giving critical feedback to the quality of their relationship. Mm-hmm. And when that one woman said to the, the one guy, I had no idea that that's all I had to say, was, can I tell you something? I noticed that you rolled your eyes in our team meeting, and when you rolled your eyes, I felt stupid. And then to be quiet, and he responded, oh my God, I've been told that so many times. I'm so sorry. He meant nothing about it. He'd been trying to work on it, and they were able to work through that instead of her sitting there feeling sick and stupid the whole time. Yeah. So it doesn't, Asby doesn't just get related to, you know, talking about the quality of a presentation or uh, of a written material. It can be anything. Yeah, you're late. Yeah. Uh, you smell like salmon. Um, yeah. yeah. Anything. Yeah. Well, that leads me to um, my next question. What was the most um, awkward feedback you ever had to give someone? What was the most awkward feedback I ever had to give someone? Um, I think it was when a woman came to me angry because she did not get a promotion. And um, I really didn't know what to tell her. So I, I worked with someone else on doing a little role playing. And again, using questioning. It wasn't Asby. I didn't know about Asby at that time. But I actually did say, do you believe that by not getting this promotion, I think that you are incapable of doing good work? Wow. And although it was a closed-ended question, it was a very... Um, impactful question because I had through conversation with her determined that that was at the root of what was upsetting her Mm. and we took it from there but that was a very awkward conversation yeah Yeah. that was I think that's another big tip for everyone right so you've got so far we've covered you know ask can I tell you something Um, we've said ask with an open-ended question like how did that go and Mm -hmm. then follow up with can I tell you something then we've gone into a more advanced if you need to just go through the whole thing here's ASBE Um, I think one of the biggest things is to prepare Mm -hmm. when you're going to have an awkward conversation sometimes just sitting down and jotting it down thinking about what the impact is right you think you know what the impact of coming in late to a meeting is Do you actually understand the impact? Can you articulate that impact back to someone in a concise way that they grok it, that Mm -hmm. they get it, Mm -hmm. right? So sometimes it's just that practicing or taking a pause to think about what you're going to say. Um, It reminds me of my most awkward conversation. I think I know what this one is. Well, there was two. Are you using the sleeping guy? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't, I can't tell whether it was sleeping. I think sleeping ended up being the most uncomfortable. So, um, I had a staff and there were other members of my team had notified me, um, that he, it, it appeared that he was sleeping during work hours (laughs) and, um, you know, their evidence of this is that they could actually hear him snoring. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was super uncomfortable. And so, um, my first plan of action was, well, I have to catch it actually happening. Otherwise, how can I even have this conversation? So I spent a couple of weeks kind of running over to the other side of the office and seeing if I could catch it. Mm -hmm. And it just, 
it just wasn't happening. Either I was in a meeting when it was happening or I was off that day when it was happening, whatever the case. Um, and so finally I had to just have the conversation. And my fears in this conversation was that this person was incredibly combative, a great debater, mm -hmm. had a reason for everything, could redirect the conversation and, you know, redirect it on someone else. Oh, but so-and-so is always off. And so-and-so oh, yeah. always comes in Point late. Point the finger elsewhere. Distraction, distraction, distraction. Yeah, just totally creating swirls yeah. that I wasn't good at because I'm not great at confrontation or these kinds of awkward mm -hmm. conversations. So, you know, I had to, I really had to think on my feet for this one. So I wish I could tell you that I had planned and I had used all my own tools, but this was very early in my career. Um, and all I knew is that I did do a little bit of planning. I think I had gone to a course recently that said, you know, make sure that you plan for every possible answer, right? So if you're going to tell someone, you know, you were late for work every day or you're sleeping at your desk, make sure that you can prepare for someone saying, no, I wasn't late. Yeah. Like, what's your come back to that are you going to have data or are you going to like check their punch card or are yeah. you going to say well I was here these three days and I jotted down that you were not in until this like you actually have to have some feed like some data well, that's 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 that whole thing of addressing the fear right where people don't want to have the conversation when it's awkward somebody's sleeping somebody smells like salmon whatever it is because they don't know how to do it and they don't know um what they will say if somebody says, no, I didn't, or, or what they yeah. can say. I so that was like the best tip was first to say like, okay, figure out what you're going to say in each of those scenarios. Mm -hmm. And so in this particular case, I was like, okay, he's either going to say, yes, I was sleeping, sorry. Um, yes, I was sleeping, but yeah, this da, 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 person, da. that person, that person. So mm -hmm. I had a strategy for, but this person, that person, that person. And, and it's a great strategy to have when you have someone who likes to deflect. Right. And that's, you know, to say, you know, thank you for that information. But right now we're having a conversation about you and me, not yeah. this person or that person or that scenario. And uh, interestingly enough, this person responded with, no, I'm not sleeping. I am just breathing heavy. Wow. Which was really challenging. I really had to think on my feet for that one and say, okay, now I might be reaching a health and safety issue or a health issue that's might be more challenging to have this discussion about in a unionized environment. And I somehow had some flash of genius, as I often, oh, you often do, do yes. um, that said, okay, if you are breathing heavily, which is understandable and that's okay, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. um, why might other people in the office perceive you to be sleeping and what is the impact of that to yeah. them? So, okay, you, let's it's say you're not sleeping. Yeah, you know, it, you know if, if you're not sleeping, you know, and people are perceiving you to be sleeping, what can you do to change their perception? Yes. And, you know, it kind of took a few minutes and I said, well, what about, you know, instead of emailing someone, going to their desk and talking to them? What about getting up and delivering that file folder instead of saying, yeah. come and pick it up or whatever it might be? Yeah. Can that show of activity um, demonstrate to others that the perception is wrong? Now, right. Because the fact of the matter is this person was sleeping. He totally was sleeping. But <laughs> if he wasn't, and if he truly had a thing where he was a heavy breather, then yes, the need is to get up, move around, show people that you're working, because the impact is that you have ruined your trust with your peers. They think you're getting off scot-free. 100%. So that for our premiere episode 
the season premiere. Oh, and it's good. It's it is TV season, season premiere time. It is. It is um, all about awkward, difficult, uncomfortable conversations. In this episode, we talked about giving critical feedback, um, and we talked about a number of tools. Asking for permission first and foremost. May I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Adding a an open-ended question like, "How would you rate yourself on this? How did it go?" Um, if you've got a little bit more time, can you go right into an ASBI? Ask for permission. Describe the situation. Describe the behavior you observed, and then l- let them know the impact, and then zip it. Um, yeah, those yeah. are our tips for you today. Um, next week on the podcast, we have. Ooh, it's a good one. This is for when someone gets. Uh, angry. This is actually about a little bit about your promotion scenario. Yeah. So what about when you can't give someone a raise? How do you give that conversation? Or you can't give them a promotional increase, whatever that just might be. Angry about whatever. Yeah. Can, yeah. So, so how you can respond to of that. really strong anger? Because mm-hmm. um, that's a, that's frightening too for people. Yeah, and it's and one it's of the fears the we moment. talked about right mm-hmm. in the beginning. Is mm-hmm. what's the fear? Is I'm afraid they're going to lose it, mm-hmm. and I'm not good at dealing with angry. Mm-hmm. So how am I going to handle that? So mm-hmm. now it's just, you know, can you get that awkward conversation over with? Can you give that feedback? And then the next one we'll talk about, well, what happens if they lose it anyways, despite yeah. your excellent use of our tools? And we're going to have a podcast, um, sorry, a blog that's going to go up on what we talked about today. So if you're, you know, sitting in traffic right now and listening to us and thinking, ooh, what did they say again? What was it? As be what now? What book? Um, yeah. Check out our website, whiteboardconsulting.ca. Look for, um, click on the blog and you will see a podcast. I keep saying a podcast recap, a podcast recap on our blog. Awesome. And we're also going to, uh, maybe if I commit to it on the podcast, we'll do it. A quick little five minute video, a quick little five minute video on our YouTube channel, um, that you could, and it'll show up on our website and Twitter and Facebook and everything. And in the blog on, uh, you know, how to, how to give feedback in two minutes, right? You've got two minutes. How do you give that feedback? So check us out next time. The next episode should be up probably in the next couple of weeks. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.